Welcome back to the Quarter Three Podcast. This is episode 60, and I am your host, Spencer Breedlove, and I get to do this podcast with my amazing wife, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Spencer and everyone. Hey, our core purpose is threefold. We're going to do three things. We want to inform your mind, we want to inspire your heart, and we want to ignite your joy. We're going to talk about things that will either make you think, laugh, or cry, or sometimes all three. We're going to talk about our pain points. We're going to talk about struggles. We're going to talk about our joys. We're going to talk about things that we're learning, maybe in our Bible readings. You name it. We're just going to talk about the things that are going on in our life. And we're going to talk about life and marriage and how you can remain strong through some very difficult times of your own. So wherever you are today, we encourage you to join in the conversation by sharing this podcast on your socials or with your friends and families by text. So thank you so much for joining in. And Lisa is going to kick us off with our core to three question of the day. Okay. So it has to do with gardening. Gardening. Yes. Because my garden has been planted. Yep. Pop helped this year. He did. Yes. He was all excited about being able to plant. Yeah, he actually did it without me. So He did. And I wasn't quite ready, so things I thought I would plant, we haven't gotten in the ground yet, but there are some things in the ground. There are things in the garden box, and that's good. So, here's my question. some more okra. Well, I was going to say, here's the question. What, this is not just... I'm going to do flowers first, but I can do other things as well, foods. So what flower would be the one that you would want in your yard? Oh, by far. What's your favorite? The roses. Roses? Yes. The knockouts. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You know why? Why? Because I don't have to do anything to them. Yeah. They're easy. They're hardy. That's true. They, They just, they thrive, and I don't have to... I can't kill them. Yeah, I can cut them back to the to the nub, and they'll grow back. Okay. Did you know that some of your favorite fruits are actually in the rose family? What? Yes, apples, peaches, pears. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're in the rose family. Really? Yes. That's really interesting. So it's not just roses are not just for Valentine's Day. Look at there. You can give apples and... Yeah. You said pears? Peaches and pears. I like peaches. Yeah. I like peaches with some cottage cheese, and I like pears Ooh. with mayonnaise oh. and cheese. Okay, that's not where we're going. We're talking about gardening. So oh. that was great. You said roses would be your favorite. I like favorite. apple with peanut butter. Okay, my favorite... Would be hydrangeas. Yeah. Love you like the hydrangeas. hydrangeas. I think your dad would say, in fact, he told me the other day, his favorite is the hibiscus. Yeah, he's always yes. like that. He's always loved those, that the big flower blossom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always like the hibiscus. Yes. The, now, okay. now, I do have a second, a second oh, favorite. Okay. It just doesn't okay. last very long. What? I like the azalea. Oh, yeah, we're like working azaleas. on those in our yard. Mm-hmm. I like azaleas. They just Actually, don't last long. Well, it depends on what variety. 
Well, you, you they know, can I bloom a couple of different times. Yeah, I know, but I like blooming. I like something to be almost like year round. Well, not like the, many things like do the that roses for me. that we have, which I see that you've already cut some, or somebody's cut yeah, some and put some in the kitchen. In the house, uh-huh. um, those things just last. They forever. do last a long time, probably about nine months. Yes, probably. Okay, here's another question. Mm-hmm. Staying on the track of gardening, which I'm not very good at. How many flowers is a sunflower? What? I, I know. I know. Oh boy, this is here we go. Again. This is gonna this is okay. are we are we back on the fourteen thousand eggs? Well, it's close. So a sunflower. Okay, the big the big I know yellow, what a sunflower is. Okay, brown center. Yeah, it's got okay. a big brown it center. It is actually not just one flower because the brown center that's called the head of the flower. Uh-huh. It is actually made up of anywhere between 1,000 and 2,000 tiny flowers. And each one of those will become a seed that can start a new sunflower plant. Mind blown. Is that not wild? Yeah. Yeah. So you could say, I brought you a sun, like I brought you some flowers, and you could just bring one. Bring one. You could just bring one to somebody. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is. Okay. Sunflower is made up of multiple One to 2,000 in that. Now, the petal, the yellow petals. Yeah. But there's flowers in that brown. There's flowers in the brown? Yes. Oh. It's, it, they're, yes, all compacted in there. Those are, but if you broke it apart, it would be individual flowers. That's crazy. I know. Why don't they ever bloom? God made it that way. Why, why don't they just bloom on out? I don't know if they just come together to make the those brown few yellow petals. I That's don't know. crazy. I don't know. Okay, one more thing. Hmm. Okay, now this has actually been proven. You know, people will talk to their plants. Yes, I okay. do. I know. Okay, MythBusters did a segment okay okay yes and they had a silent greenhouse and then a greenhouse where they piped in voices soothing music which flowers grew better which plants thrived the ones with the voices and the music (laughs) no yes versus leaving your plants alone so people Talk to your plants. Be kind to your plants. <laughs> okay. I do. I go out there to my little okra sprouts coming up. Oh, look, little okra. <laughs> look, you talk to rabbits and squirrels going across the road. So well, I don't want I can talk them. to my plants. You know, and when your peace lily is drooping, you just give it some water and talk to it. Encourage it back to life. Yeah. That- plants are good for us. They really that are. The, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's proven. Mythbusters. Mythbusters proved it. I looked it up. <laughs> that plants are social. Yes. Yes. They're yes. social. They actually do better if they have some voice interaction. How can and, they hear? Well, they don't interact, but. How do they hear? I don't know. I mean,. Plants need sunlight. They need water. Yes, yes, yes. We know that. And they, well, I'm and not they saying they don't oxygen. grow. They will still grow. But 
So what made okay, the other, the study says they just so what made the noise better. in your environment better than the silent greenhouse? The plants liked the soothing music. Plant, plants have got a brain. How and do they, they know like what they like the and voices. they don't like? Well, they grow towards light. Maybe they grow towards maybe the sound. Maybe voices and sound make them perk up. And I so don't know. you're telling me that plants I not only can bend towards the light, they bend towards noise. I don't know, but it's interesting enough to think about. That's to weird. Me. Okay, that's all I got today. But you're making is, fun of no, me. It, but it's unique. It is. And and it kind of just happens when mine have drooped down, we've been away, or I forgot them for a week because life was so busy, and I come back and I'm like, oh no, 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 little plant here. I mean, I've never heard you talk to a plant. I do. You do it, and I, I have. And I gather them all up, and I put them in the bathtub when we're going to be away. You sing to them. I didn't say I sing. Hmm. Them. So, so you huddle I them up. Encourage them to perk so you, up. So you huddle them up in the in the bathtub. I coach them up. So you huddle. Oh, you yeah. huddle them up in the bathtub so they don't want to be alone. I, what I let saying. them be together. They're all together. But plus, it's kind of so I can put some water in the bottom of the bathtub. It's all together. Yeah, yeah. They're social. I think they are. Wow. Except maybe the Venus flytrap. That's mean. <laughs> okay. All right, that's all. That, that's all I got for gardening. That was really interesting. Thank you. It was. I mean, it was very interesting. Thank you. Very. Thanks for sharing. I Brought learned to something you new. By your science teacher. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. There hey, a little update. Yes, update. Tell update. us what happened this week or weekend. Well, this weekend um, we had an FCA all ability camp. It was a. It was the first all ability camp in the state of Georgia for FCA. To host, it was led by uh, some of our, our incredible staff that serves on my team and some other teams in the area. And they put this all ability camp on. It was a Friday evening and a Saturday morning into lunch, and I mean they knocked it out of the park um, with the number of volunteers that we had to have for this event. How many? There was over 120 or 130 volunteers great. that were on site um, for uh, on Saturday, I know. And then on Sun- Friday, I think it was like 120-ish, somewhere in there. But it was a lot of volunteers. Um, we had, I think, 25 campers that were there. And these were campers of all abilities. You had um, young campers. You had hearing impaired you had visually impaired you had uh you had some that were missing limbs you had wow you had some that were on the spectrum of in the on the autism you had uh all all kinds and and you had some that were um had multiple issues going on uh, multiple disabilities but man, we got them out there and they were able to play different sports. They did everything from basketball to baseball to soccer to um, football. Uh, you had like some track and field type activity 
for each. Now, each of these were obviously on different, you know, skill levels right. and stuff. But in our right. mission to lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church, um, we had some we had some kids and even some adults out there that were of all abilities uh-huh. and were athletes. And we had the opportunity to share the gospel with them. We had the opportunity uh-huh. to put them in huddles and have conversations and, and to see our, we had huddle leaders from colleges around. We had adults from different areas doing ministry. It was a, it, all I could tell our staff was this pleased the Lord. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. it was amazing. Probably one of the coolest little camps I've ever seen or been a part of. Yeah. And to, to see, to see my staff operate. And the thing is, is we have a lot of staff that have children with special needs and, and, and that ranges from autism to just on the Georgia staff. Oh Georgia. yeah. To, I mean, some, I don't even know the names of, but, uh, uh-huh. Uh, in terms of the types of yeah. disabilities that they have, uh, but oh, what a joy uh, it was to be able to experience that and to and to see the joy of their faces, you know. Um, and I found out that uh, there was a a person that had been around the camp this week, and uh-huh. uh, he came up to. Uh, one of our staff who was coordinating the camp and said, Hey, next year, Uh I want to fund it. Wow. He's going to fund the whole camp. Uh Uh-huh. It was like about a, that's about a, it's about a $25,000. But he had been there Friday and Saturday. And he's volunteering. Saw what was going on. Yep. Wow. And committed. Serving. Uh Uh-huh. And committed 25 grand. For next wow. year, probably going to take more than twenty five grand next year. Uh-huh. Knowing, knowing it's going to grow the growth and uh, the scheduling of it. It'll grow and have a. We're going to need a lot more volunteers and a lot more um, money to go towards it. So, mm-hmm. but man, what a joy it was to to be out there and and see that come to life. It was beautiful. It really was. Yeah. So, so that's a little update on the all ability camp. With FCA. Yes. Well, oh, go ahead. Now we're coming into the down, um, um, what do you call it? The, we're uh, coming uh, in downhill on the back stretch. Okay. Coming in down on the downhill run on the back stretch of the, uh, with, with school now. Yes. May 1st is tomorrow. We only got a few more days left of school. Yes. We had our, um, musical yeah, this past musical, week. Right. So that was really good. Yep. That was one of my favorites. That was, yes, that was a favorite when I was growing up. I know they've remade it, but the old one is the one I love. Right. And um, so it was third grade on up through middle school. So it was some of our soccer players. It's kids I've mm-hmm. taught before. It's my class this year. Um, we're the cutest little newsboys and orphan girls. Um, they had choreography and the songs from Annie and just the story of adoption, yeah. which of course Which's I love. Yep. Yeah. Runs it's, right it's here good. in our family. It was good. That's good. It was fun. So today. Yes. Um, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. So today over the next few minutes, um, 
we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about forgetting God and how does that happen? What what squeezes God from the conversation? What Ooh. erases his work from our memory? And I read a, a I'm in my Bible reading plan. I'm reading through the scripture right now. And I'm going right now. I'm in the book of Judges in the Old Testament. And we have been um, reading about the transition from Moses to Joshua. And now you're in the book of Judges and you have the judges that are actually the ones leading the people of Israel. And you see this ebb and flow of uh, where the people either did right in the eyes of the Lord or they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And you see different types of you see different types of leaders um, come and go and you see different types of leaders that do right in the eyes of the Lord or they do evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so they're in reading the book of Judges, especially uh-huh. in the first, I'm going to just say eight to nine chapters, uh-huh. there are two occasions where you, where you read about that the nation of Israel forgets God. It says that in the scripture. Yes. It says it. They forget God. And I'm like, my question is, as I'm reading this, I'm like, how the heck does that happen? How does somebody just absolutely forget God, especially the Israelites? I mean, their history, it's it, of of their exodus out of Egypt, and then they go into the um into 40 years of wandering in the in the desert, and yet God provides for them the full 40 years. He leads them through open seas, literally opening the seas and them crossing on dry ground. Um, there are, uh, There is the time that before they go into the land of Canaan, into the promised land, that God stops the water of the river Jordan and they cross over yes. on dry ground there. So... And all and and God goes before them, and He takes out their enemies, and He gives them this land that's already ready for them to to prosper and to thrive and to and to have a life of blessing. And then you read about these judges and the nation of Israel, and you read about them forgetting God, and and I'm I'm baffled by that. I'm like, how does that happen? How does somebody just absolutely squeeze God out of the conversation? How does um, how does the work of God, how is that erased from somebody's memory or from a nation's memory? And it's just been something that I have been bewildered about. And I'm thinking, okay, well, let's think about that today. Right. Um. Do we forget God? How do we forget God? Uh-huh. Well, know? if you notice in those instances, when you read through the book of Judges, it's it's not ever one year later. No. Two years later. It's like a generation. Uh, yes. Usually. It's usually about 20 or 40 years when it comes, you know, to that point that they've forgotten him so i think it's important that it's not a it's not just you wake up one morning and go yeah we're going to forget god the the people didn't do that they didn't intend to forget him but it happens right 
And yeah. so the two examples that I'm talking about are in the book of Judges. One's in chapter two. The other one is in chapter eight. One follows Joshua. Now, to understand that is you have Joshua, who was the predecessor to Moses. Excuse me, the successor no, the of Moses. the successor of The Moses. successor of Moses. Yes. Now, to lead Joshua... Joshua was a part of the spies. original 12 spies uh-huh. that went into the promised land like days after they fled from Egypt. And Joshua and Caleb are the only two that come back with a positive report. Joshua and Caleb are also the only two that yes. survived um, and were were um, not allowed, allowed to, to live. Well, yeah, they were allowed, allowed to, live. to go the other, into the the other, the other twelve. I mean, the other ten were um, <laughs> they were exterminated. Yeah, they died. God took them out. Yeah, because of their lack of faithfulness and what they did mm-hmm. to the nation. Well, so Joshua and Caleb were permitted to go into the promised land. So Joshua was was the one to be the successor of Moses. He leads the people into that nation. So what it says here in chapter two, it says that whole after Joshua died, that whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. So it was Joshua's generation Uh of the Israelites. They were gathered to their ancestors. So all of Joshua's generation Mm -hmm. was gone. And after them, Another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works he had done for Israel. Mm. And I'm like, how does this happen? How does that happen? And then in in Judges. Because it really isn't that long. No. 20 to 40 years. It's really. Well, I think about about our generations. Yeah. I think about our generations and the people in. You know, I've got my mom, and then there's my grandmother. Uh huh. Well, my grandmother is the closest thing um, to the next generations um, ahead of me, I guess that or behind me. Well, I don't know how you'd say that, but my grandmother had an had a spiritual influence in my life. She was the one that was the one that was praying for me. She was the one that was a spiritual leader in my own life. Um, I mean, she didn't always, she didn't sit down and just read the Bible with me and uh, she just modeled it. Yes. And my mom models it. My dad models it. Um, and so it's something that I have not forgotten about what God has done. So, and, and you yourself have family yes. that has been very faithful to here's the things that God has yes. done. And it's been cast down from generation yes. to generation. And now it's being cast we, down to your yes. nieces and, um, and and nephews, you know, and same here. We've tried to pass it We've to tried our to pass children. it on yes. down to our, our kids. Yes. Now, following Gideon. Okay who Gideon was a judge of Israel, and you read all about Gideon, mm-hmm. his exploits. But after Gideon died, the Bible says 
in Judges 8, 34, it says that after Gideon died, the Israelites did not remember the Lord their God, whom who had rescued them from the hand of their of the enemies around them. They sh- did not show kindness to the house of Gideon for all the good he had done for Israel. Mm. And so here are two examples of generations that had forgotten the Lord, yeah. had forgotten what he had done. And so my question is, is how does that happen? Hmm. How does that happen? So I, I wrote down a few things. You may have okay. some commentary yeah. on this. Okay. The first reason I think that this happens is because of pride and ego. Yes. Pride and ego that people began to think of themselves as greater than God, that they didn't need God. We're doing pretty good. Usually that's when that happens. Yeah. 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 Why do I need God? Or I can figure it out. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the things that I have, God didn't give. It's, it's a change. It's a mindset. It's a change of heart. It's a change of um, perspective as far as, uh, the things that you have and how you acquired them, mm. you know, it's a, it's more of a look at what I've done rather than look at what God's done mindset. Yeah. So yeah, I, think, I was going to say just even a, a self-absorption, like you're just so consumed with yourself that you're not giving time for God. You're not making that time for him mm-hmm. to develop that relationship. You're just absorbed with what self wants or what self can accomplish or, and I think that leads to the second thing. Yeah. And that is that other things become more important and get our affection. Oh. These are also known as idols. Which is exactly what happened with the nation of Israel. As the judges were ruling, it was like they were kind of staying on track. But right then, they would let those influences from those other nations, they would pick up their ways just little things, little by little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Idols got yeah. in the way. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you were to if you were to read um in that in that Judges chapter eight uh, passage, uh the uh let's let me get to it real quick. Okay. So the um the Bible says that when Gideon died, the Israelites turned and prostituted themselves by worshiping the Baals and made Baal Bereath their God, little G God. So little G gods become greater than the big G God in that person's life or in that nation's life. Mm. That little G God that could not listen, can't breathe, can't speak, can't do a darn thing becomes the most important thing that gets their affection. Not big G God that delivers them from their enemies and provides for them for 40 years in the desert that allow that parts the seas and allows them to cross over on dry ground that defeats their enemies before them, before they even raise a sword. Yeah, but you don't even have to go back that far. Just going back to the beginning of the story of Gideon, that's one of the first things the Lord told him after he came to Gideon, and he called Gideon mighty warrior. 
he told him he was going to be the next judge to deliver Israel. The first thing he told him, go tear down the idols to Baal. That's right. And it was, they were in Gideon's family's house. Yes. Like in his father's house, there was this idol to a false little G God. And, and it said that Gideon went at night. He obeyed, but he went at night because, I mean, this is his own family, and he's tearing down their idols yes. and their altars. And the next morning, like, the people are furious. Like, they're mad they're re- about they're it. They're ready to kill people. They are ready to kill Gideon. Yeah. And thankfully, then his dad, you know, steps up and says, well, wait a minute. Like, hey, if this God's so powerful, like, can't he take care of himself? And if he wants to deal with Gideon, he'll deal with Gideon. Right. We don't need to do it. But then just by the end of Gideon's life, we're back to, oh, let's put these idols back up. Let's yep. worship this false um statue like it even my kids in third grade we talk about it and they're like that seems so ridiculous why would we worship and put faith in something that's inanimate and right made by man's hand breathless a man made it like why are you gonna trust in that breathless yeah speechless but we do set up idols maybe they're not statues of baal but we have to guard against that. Yeah. What are some idols of our day? Oh, oh. well. Self is an idol. Self is definitely an idol. I think we make our spouses to be idols at times. We could set them up as that. I think yes. we set up our children to be idols. Sports. Sports definitely, definitely can be an idol. is an idol. Money and materialism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think that, you know, we, we look at our phones a lot. Our phones can be, get more affection a lot of times because of the things that exist on it. And the thing is, you know, that I I want to explain, it's not that necessarily like, right. Your spouse is not bad. Sports are not bad. We're a sports family. Money is not bad. Having things is not bad. Your phone is not even bad in and of itself. But when we set it above, when that gets whatever, fill in the blank, gets more time and attention than the Lord does, uh, that's a problem. Yeah, That's an idol then in your life. When that's what's driving you, versus your relationship with God, your creator, that's an idol. That's where you need to wake up. Right. Good word. Third thing that I thought that I wrote down in terms of how does this happen. So first was pride and ego. Second one was other things become more important and Mm -hmm. get our affection. The third thing is no one talks about the things God has done. Oh, You know, they always talk about what God hadn't done, or they talk about well, God had what they wish he would do, what they wish he would do, but he doesn't do. They talk about those things, but they don't ever talk about what he has done. But if we go back to even the origins of the Bible, Spencer, um, they did not have the scriptures for a while. True. We have, we are blessed to have the whole Bible in its entirety. God's love letter to us. 
But when you go back, that's when you trace the origins of the scriptures, what it was was storytelling. It began with one generation Mm -hmm. teaching what God had done, sitting them down and telling them. And even in Deuteronomy, it says that with his commands and his decrees, that that's what we're to do, to write them on the doorpost, to write them on the tablets of your heart, to tell them. I was just turning to that passage. <laughs> Great. That's thinking. crazy. Mm-hmm. But it is. That's how it, you know, and then they began writing things down. But first it was... It was spread by mouth, by telling, um, and how important that is. So, right, if we're going generations, if we're going years, if we're going months without talking about what God's done, then I believe that does just... um, lend to our focus shifting, doesn't it? Well, what's interesting about that passage that you were reading or had referenced, it says this in verse 12 of chapter 6 of Deuteronomy. Be careful not to forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Fear the Lord your God, worship him, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the peoples around you. For the Lord your God, who is among you, is a jealous God. That means he's alive. That means he's real. That means he loves you. He wants your love for him. There's a desire that he has for you. Otherwise, the Lord your God will become angry with you and obliterate you from the face of the earth. Oh. But the beginning of that said, be careful. Be careful not not to forget forget. the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt. And how many times is that? I want to do a study on that because as I'm reading through the Bible, how many times do we hear that? I'm the one that brought you up. Like God says that, then the prophets say it. I'm all the way into when I'm reading, I'm with David now. And in the Psalms, and David says those words back. Yeah. You are the one that brought us out of Egypt, yep. set us up in this land. God's way is through the yes. sea. That's yes. in Psalm. Yes. His yes. way is through the sea. I mean, it, for generation to generation, gener- generation, it was very clear. Don't forget God. Right. Don't forget him. And I think that, on this third one, that no one talks about the things God has done. Uh-huh. We have to get back to a place in our homes and in our in our relationships with people to talk about, hey, what's God done in your life? And I think that's a great question to ask. What's God done in your life? Yeah. Well, uh-huh. let me let me tell you what God's done in our life. You know, yeah. as I think about what we're walking through right now. Uh Okay. We've prayed. We've asked God for your healing. All of these things. He ain't done it. But he's done other things. But the things that he has done. Yes. Through it. Yes. Has been amazing. The things he's teaching us, the doors he's opened. Oh yeah. To get to the professionals we needed to get to, to 
the get people the answers that, we needed. The, the people that have ministered to us yes. in prayer and the people yes. that have loved us and encouraged us and yes. the things that we've learned and grown and in our marriage and how we've become more close and the conversations that we have. And, you know, does it, it does it, does, does the reality hurt? Yeah, it does. And, and sometimes it does bring confusion and, and it can bring questions about, did I say the right thing or what did I do wrong or whatever? But the fact is, is that goes back to what Jason was talking about this morning is that we have a God who is more concerned about our character than about our circumstances, our circumstances. Character building, not, yeah. Yeah. Not the, he's more interested in that than he is in the things that we acquire. Yeah. And okay. Well, I'd say he's been building some character, <laughs> you know. But the point but, is, but let's talk God about has done, done stuff. Yes. And I think we do need to share that. That encourages other people. And I think a lot of times when you share that with people, it does maybe bring to mind things and they're like, yeah, well, he has done things for me too. A lot of times, maybe we think it's some big dropping something out of the sky, but it doesn't have to be that. Mm-hmm. Any work that God does, even small, um, is miraculous because mm-hmm. he did it. And I think we just need to be ready to share that more. Yes. Well, and, and part of it, I just was reminded of a passage that I read about um, how God in his hand mm-hmm. holds the center of the earth. Oh, yeah. You were telling me that one the other day. In his hand, one hand, yeah, he holds the singular. center of the earth. The center of the earth is roughly seven miles <laughs> below us. No, not no, no, no. Thirty five hundred yeah, miles, I believe, is that. what it was. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's massive. All right, to think that what God, what seems so massive to us here on Earth, God holds in the palm of His hand. And if God holds that in the palm of His hand, that means that He's got me right there with mm. what he's holding and that, and then he loves us. He care for us and he's with us and he's for us. Yes. Okay. So, so in light of all that, how can, can we protect against this forgetting? How can we ensure that we don't, nor our nation, our people, our family, those around us, how can we ensure that we don't forget God? Um, one, check your ego out the door. Oh. You're not that important. <laughs> it's not all about you. You ain't that important. Yeah. There's got to be a spirit of humility mm. uh, about you. Mm-hmm. Um, when life is all about you, then you are you are your own idol. And that ain't healthy. That's a lot of pressure. That's too, too much pressure. Why do you want all that? Yeah, yeah. why do you want that? Ugh. Right. 
Um, so check your ego out the okay. door. You ain't that important. Okay. Stay humble. Um, be wise with what gets your attention and affection. What gets your attention and affection? What you say yes to mm-hmm. um, will will unpack what is most important to you. And you got to be careful with what gets your attention and affection. And our number one sole purpose in this life is to please the Lord. There is no other purpose that we have on this planet. Please the Lord. How do you do that? Great question. Walk humbly. Love mercy. Um, Stay faithful. Act justly. Act justly. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the ways in which you please the Lord. Yeah, Micah 6, 8. So be wise with what gets your attention and your affection. And then finally, talk about what God's done. Talk about what God's done with your kids. Talk about Mm -hmm. what God's done with your spouse. Talk about what God's done with your, the people you work with, the people you play with, the people that you do life with. Talk about what God has done. And I think, and I'm, and let me mention this. I'm all for prayer requests. I'm all for prayer requests. uh All right. I think they're important for us to share. I think they help us to pray for one another. Sure. I think they help us to specifically pray for one another. Mm -hmm. Um, but our prayer requests seem to be a mile long and sometimes an inch deep. Or maybe this is not, we don't balance it enough with, but let me share what he is doing. Here's what God's done. Yeah. Let's talk about what God's done Mm -hmm. and talk more about that and let that be what empowers the way we pray. Yes. Because sometimes I don't think we know what to pray for. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think when we have an understanding that we have a God who does not just can work miracles, but does work miracles. When we have that understanding, it gives us a boldness to, to pray with more courage, more strength, more, more faith. Um, I think when we understand we have a God that can part seas, that can make the sun stand still, when we have a, know that we have a God that can move mountains, that can fight our battles for us. When we know all of those things, then we can uh, approach this life with a uh, a spirit of humility, a spirit of courage, a spirit of joy, knowing that, man, God has done so much and he has so much more to do and mm-hmm. will do. We just got to keep our eyes open, keep our heads up, and watch God work. And when we watch God work, the Bible says, when God works, people will be in awe. Hmm. Yeah. I was going to say with the sharing it and talking about it, that it really should become a habit. And how does something become a habit? Do it daily. Right. You, you, you practice keep, it. You got to practice it. You got to practice it. And so I think... Uh, you know, especially want to encourage those with, with younger children, you know, sit with them, lay down at night with them when you're um, tucking them in bed or going to pray with them and, and 
and model that for them and teach them to reflect and spend that time naming something that God did for them that day. Um, and you as an adult, you share, let them hear mom and dad share those things. Um, well, I think that's so important. Yeah. Well, it goes, I mean, with what Lisa's talking about here, um, Deuteronomy six says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your, and with all your strength. And these words that I am giving you today are to be on your heart. And then verse seven, repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, Mm -hmm. when you walk along the road, in this case, when you're driving along the road. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's put the cell phones down at the dinner table when you're out to eat. Hello. And have conversation. Have conversation with your kids. Yes. Yes. I mean, engage them in the conversation. Yes. Hello. I'm getting off on a little tangent there. Talk about them when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Mm. That right there will help you to remember and never forget what God's done. Yes. In your marriages, in your families, whatever. Talk about it. Because he's still working. Uh, he's always working. Yes. You just got to keep our heads up, my mm-hmm. eyes open. Hey, you got Sorry. anything else? Don't miss it. Nope, that was good. Do not forget God. Don't do it. it ain't worth it. He's there. So, well, folks, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we are excited. Um, hopefully next week we're going to have a special guest on with us. And, yeah, we're trying uh, to line up some. We're, we're working on lining up some guests for us uh, that we episodes. can introduce to you and let them share their stories of how God has done a great work in their lives. And uh, next week uh, we hope to have special guest on uh, who's going to share her story and you're, you're going to hear more about her uh, later on but um, looking forward to being back next week until then we thank we, you for listening thank you so much for listening please be sure to share this yes. on your socials and on text and thanks for your encouragement to us absolutely and remember that a two, two are, are better, better than one, one. And, and a cord of three strands, strands is not easily perfect. perfect.